This podcast is brought to you with limited interruption by Rudy Luther Toyota. Whether looking for an exciting brand new Toyota, a certified pre-owned vehicle, or getting quality routine maintenance and service for your vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota is the place to go. Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Subscribe to the podcast Beyond Politics. They host some of the biggest names and smartest minds. Beyond Politics is from a former Democratic congressman who helped ignite Barack Obama's campaign and a former campaign manager and political columnist. They go beyond the usual chatter on politics, news, science, and books. It's politics and everything beyond. On Beyond Politics, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Broadcasting live on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, as well as in the evenings on WCPT 820 Chicago's Progressive Talk. It is the Matt McNeil Show for your Friday. Good to be with you today. Matt and Patrick here, 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. We are guest-free. We're doing it live, and we're guest-free today. How are you today, Patrick? Uh, not doing too bad. Uh, looking forward to a busy Saturday afternoon. What are you doing this weekend? Well, uh, I was going to try to do something. Okay, so for the people in Chicago listening right now, Minneapolis-St. Paul usually at this point is what they call cold, technically. And <laughs> we have ice and snow. And one of the nice things, and Chicago knows this too, one of the nice things about living up in the upper Midwest where you have winter is you have some actual winter events. Uh, they canceled the rest of the pond hockey tournament, right? That's That's done now, I believe. I, I think I'm hoping to go to the kite festival out on Lake Harriet, but I'm going to guess the lake has got a good inch of water on top of it. So I don't know if that's going to fly. Man, it's it, it's 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 these little things. It's these little things, man. I love this. This is this is this is Upper Midwest Minnesota in winter, and yeah, you know, I I don't mind it. It's raining down, I believe, I'm hoping the rain, I think by the time this airs in Chicago, the rain's moved off. I was looking at the radar for you guys. And uh, yeah, hopefully that rain's moved off. But yeah, definitely in a very abnormal year in regards to weather in the upper Midwest, that's for sure. Um, I, I do like winter stuff. I do like the Winter Olympics, which do not happen until they're in Milan in 2026. Uh, I should mention, a, I'm a fan of... Um, of, of of some of the skiing, for sure. I'm looking forward to that eventually here. Michaela Schifrin, though, she, did, did you see her go flying into the net today? I did not see oh, that, that yet. She went, she kind of got, this is the course. They're do, working on the course that's going to be used in the Olympics in 2026. And she went flippity, blippity, bloopity, blue. <laughs> well, I don't think that's the technical term. But she went for a little bit of a spin, and uh, she she's going to be okay. She's she hit the safety nets out there. Uh, the winningest UL, uh, World Cup Alpine ski, uh, ski racer of all time lost control. She attempted to land, jump seventeen seconds into her race at Cortina di Ampezzo in Italy. She's positive in a certain certain way, relieved because she's not too injured. Uh, one of the twenty eight year old skis detached during the high speed crash, and she was slow to get up. A group of people there are assisting her, uh, leading her to use the ski poles as crutches and leave the area without putting much weight on her leg. But she apparently avoided too much damage. Initial analysis. So the ACL, the PCL, they all seem intact. All the CLs, they're all doing great. 
So uh, yeah, good to see you. I you know I I uh, you know uh, Diggins uh, Jesse Diggins. We've had her actually on the air with us. Uh, one of my favorite. That was the cross country skier part of the team that won the uh, gold medal, first ever gold for cross country skiing for U.S. I'm a big fan of hers. Uh, so I I like the skiing. I like the winter sports, but I also love the Olympics. I'm looking forward to Paris this this summer. I'll be I'll be geeking out a lot about the, par- the the Olympics. I absolutely will. So just, you know, prepare yourself, strap in. Canoeing, you say? Darn tootin'. Darn tootin'. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. So I am going to go on a little bit of a rant here about something. Because we can't solve problems unless we can, I kind of identify what the problems are. And the reality is, is that we are living in a, I, I think we, we, we convinced ourselves the world isn't what it is. And it is what it is. And we are getting these kind of signals that are telling us exactly the world that we're living in right now. Now, let me explain how I got to this point. This is actually this morning. And I've talked about AI. <laughs> and my wife and I were talking about AI. And we got around to the point of, well, the, the right now, uh, we were talking about the, the, the Joe Biden. Someone used AI in a Joe Biden ad in New Hampshire. And I said, well, right now, it seems like most of the AI industry is focused on trying to put the at-home modeling industry out of business. I mean, this is the OnlyFans, the Instagram, the stuff like that, where you have a Patreon page or something like that, where, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that are making money and they're empowered and, and fine. And I have no problem with this. I have no problem with it. My wife has a bit of a problem with it, but I don't have any problem with it because it's just, it's kind of one of those things where, you know, you you can you can do this, you can make some money. I remember there was a, an article I read uh, I think it was in the, the Huffington Post a few months back that the woman was saying, I made $300,000 a year. I make $300,000 every three months now doing this. And, you know, it's, it's you know, she's empowered and, you know, she, you know, you know own individual. It's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting gig, man. It's an interesting gig. I'll say it like that. Now, I do, you know, I'm not a big, exactly a big fan of when the people go on out there and try to cheat other people. You know, it's like, send me $100,000 and I'll be your girlfriend, you know, that sort of thing. No, no, no. That's, that's, that's wrong. You shouldn't be doing that. But I don't have any problem with, with the at-home modeling industry. And I got news for you. The AI industry is coming for you because they see all the money you guys are making. They're saying that money is going to go into our pocket. And I don't know what's going to stop this. I mean, uh, it's I, yeah, for you guys. I, I think in five years, I mean, I think ninety ninety five percent of you are not even going to be in it doing it anymore, and it's all going to be replaced by AI. I think that's really what it is. Now, once again, my wife is not a big fan of it, and she says it's just vice. And there is what I would like to consider, and my, if I may propose, an old method of thinking that vice creates problems. And she kind of labeled it in with drugs and gambling, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, I, you know, first of all, I don't consider this like drugs because people that sell drugs are trying to kill people. Let's just be honest about it. I think that that is a, a bit of a problem. I don't know if I want to necessarily put two and two together there. 
But stuff like gambling and stuff and video games, we get hear that all the time. And, you know, at-home modeling, oh, these are evil things. These are evil and wrong things, and these are the bad things. And look, it's, it's creating sin, and it's creating this thing. And there came a point, and I looked at her, and I said, I'd, I'm pretty convinced at this point. The country has not been corrupted due to vice. It's the vice that existed. And sure, some of these products are geared towards the vice, but the vice was already there. It just is we are, I think, as a society, you know, Tipper Gore and heavy metal music and stuff like that. You know, we we try to find a villain that, that this is the reason why it's happening. No, 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 no. This, this stuff is there. This is there. My first real glimpse into this. And by the way, I want to say we all actually started asking a question about this. It's like, what is going on here? Pretty much all the sane people started asking the question in November of 2016. When we asked the question, how in the hell did Donald Trump get elected to be president of the United States? And we are going to go down a rabbit hole here because I want to, you know, what this conversation opened up was was a really larger discussion, which I said to myself, I got to remember all this stuff because I got to, I wrote down notes. I did. I wrote down notes. Because the reality is, is this is, this is everything. You want to know how we're in the world that we are in today. This is it. I'm going to give it to you uncut, unfiltered, best I can. Hopefully it makes some bit of sense. Okay? Okay. I didn't realize this broken element of us, the deep, dark underbelly of America, was necessarily connected to the question of how does Trump get elected. But I I did start seeing the deep, dark underbelly when the Me Too movement came through. And it blew my mind. I mean, sure, there are jerks. I trust me, I've got a Twitter account. It's not the highlight of my day. How about I say it like that? There are jerks out there. And there are these... These people who, who who solicit women send unsolicited, you know, pornography of pictures of their crotches to them, thinking that that's something that anyone wants to see. And, you know, then get angry when the woman basically says, no, I don't want to date you. I don't want to have what. Why would you know? You're just a blankety, 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 blank. I never knew that that existed at the level it did for women. Holy crap. I am sorry. Because no one else is going to say it. I can't comprehend how how we have this many broken people. And that was a real big part of it was this, this kind of wrapping my head around this idea of how many people are doing that. It's clearly not the same 20 or so. It's clearly a much larger portion of the population than you want to think about. And then I did think about back in my days when I was like in the military and stuff. And there were always these guys that were bragging about, oh, I was out with this girl this weekend, blah, 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 blah. Though you could always tell those guys were making it up. I mean, it was always, it, it was, you know, you can tell the people that are, you know, the people who don't say anything, that's the, the you know, trust me, those are the people that, you know, if, you, if they're willing to tell the stories, they, those would be the stories to hear. But they're not willing to because they don't have to. 
So yeah, I kind of started rolling around. It's like I guess maybe this number isn't you know this 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 reaction to the Me Too thing is actually much larger than I I came to realize. But it was a story, and I brought this story back when we were talking about Vice this morning. When my, I was talking about Vice with my wife this morning, and I said, "Okay, wait a second here. Is the Vice being created, or does the Vice exist?" And the story was the one I covered yesterday. Fourteen states have banned abortion since Roe v. Wade. It's estimated that 64,500 pregnancies have resulted in rape. In rape! In those 14 states in 18 months. And the terrifying thing is that the amount of rapes overall, what was the number that they came up here with? which is just, you know, it's like I said, it's hard to even fathom this. But in 14 states, in 18 months, 519,000 rapes. 520, basically, it's, it's yeah, 520,000 rapes. In 14 states in 18 months. That's not one or two people. Sure, there are some repeat offenders in there. But this is one of those stories that when I read it, I'm coming, come back and I keep saying to myself, holy God. Holy God, is it really this bad? Is it really this obnoxious? Is it really this horrible? And yeah, it is. And we have to come to grips with this. Now, I'm going to go down this rabbit hole. Like I said, you're more than welcome to come along with me. I appreciate you being here with me. I got a lot more to say about this when I do come on back. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show. It is the Matt McNeil Show. 952-946-6205-952-946-6205. So one of the things I think we have to understand is that we're not creating this CD underbelly. I think the CD underbelly of America exists, and it's always existed. And we create blame of vice to basically try to make rational thoughts of it. But the reality is, is we have to understand at least 25 to 30 percent of this country is broken. Now, it's various stages of broken, but there's a large amount of disgusting, disturbing people than I think we want to admit. And and we need to come to grips with this because this is what why this country is broken right now. What am I talking about now? Obviously, I'm not not all the people on the far right who have been there, and I'll get there in a second, are rapists or bad people like this. But Hillary Clinton was kind of right with this whole description of, you know, basket of deplorables. She was. You've got in this 25 to 30% of just ugliness that exists within our country and has always existed. 20-time losers who just can't get out of their own way. People with full of resentment about choices they have made or feeling like their their lives have been thrust upon them. People like that. People who are desperate to make themselves into the hero of their own story so that they can basically vilify others. God, we see that all the time. You know, people who kind of even go even to more extremes, people who basically are so angry and upset about their lot in life. They want to kick you out of your house and take over all your stuff and say, you've got to like it, that sort of thing. 
basically the people who visually attack when, you know, it, it it's, you know, basically they, they go after women who basically they, they, that don't they, they presume, I guess, that every woman wants to sleep with them. And so they go on out there and they mistreat them from the beginning and then get angry. And then some of these people clearly are raping them afterwards. My God, my God. I mean, this is not something we can no any longer sit back and ignore because this is getting bad. And I said yesterday on the show when we talked about this story, Texas vowed that they were going to get rid of rape. They're doing a horrible job of it. There was like 20,000 of those pregnancies there. A shocking amount of these rapes are happening in Texas. This is, like I said, it's very various different levels. I mean, it's, it's some of it's just personal frustration that's just turned them into bitter, angry people. And some of that are people actually who want to commit crimes. They want to force their way onto others to make themselves seem like a hero. That is about the best way I can describe it. Now, I'm going to say something here, which is, is, is the truth. And I'm going to say this delicately. Are you prepared? Are you in? The genius of Trump, I know, I know, but hear me out. What Trump figured out before the rest of us wanted to accept it was this existed out there. This 25 to 30% of the country who are just angry, resentful, the ugliness of us all, and people who basically couldn't fight their way out of a wet paper bag for the most part. He saw them there. And what he ended up doing was something I don't think anyone thought was possible. He molded them into a voting force because he basically said the thing they've been desperately trying to hear their entire life. It's not you, it's them. And that's the truth. He has created, he has been able to create a dependable voting block, which is a majority of the Republican Party. I'll get back to that here in a second as well. He has been able to, to mold this pathetic group of losers into a formidable political element. And Stein himself has said this. He's not a Republican. He's a Trumpian. And that's what most of these people are. They don't really care about the Republican Party. They care about Trump because he's their golden, well, kind of brownish. Did you see that one image? Not good. Uh, brownish, you know, roasted like a, you know, like a overdone peanut kind of look to him. <laughs> Don't leave your circus peanuts out in the sun. That's all I think. We, that's the lesson we've all learned here today. Ugh. But he's, he's, he, he molded these people into something no one thought that could ever do, or at least we'd forgotten how to do this. And I'm going to bring this up. And like I say, hey, Trump's the one that's cosplaying, cosplaying Hitler right now. You go back to the beer hall push in the early 30s in Munich and stuff. Hitler kind of did the same thing. He took the people who were a bunch of drunks in the bars and basically molded them into his initial you know, voting force. Granted, it was different there because you had a lot of people who were still frustrated over how World War I ended. But same pretense, you take a bunch of people who are marginalized and ignored within society. And let's be honest, justifiably, 
I don't mean that as a, as, as a Christian. No, I care about people. I don't want you sick. I don't want you dead. I don't want you bankrupt for the rest of your life. I want you to have food. I want you to have shelter. I want you to have these things. But people that I would not follow as far as leadership if my life depended on it. Because they're not worth following. They are the people who, I've got an idea, and everyone goes, okay, what is it, Jim? All right, I want to go over here and grab some mayonnaise. Okay, Jim, good enough. We'll, we'll let you get to your mayonnaise idea, but we're going to go and actually solve the problem. That sort of thing. And he went to them, and he said, you're not the problem. They're the problem. Your mayonnaise idea was brilliant. Yeah, it was. And that's how you, you get people wearing Trump hats, Trump gear. He took a group of usually quiet people and told them to yell to be validated. And that's what he did. He went and found the worst of us, and he made a cohesive voting block out of them. The resentful, the bigots, the racist, the misogynist, the the nihilist, the selfish, the zealots, the alpha males— Hillary was right. It was a basket of deplorables. And you want to know the truth is, I think the, the politicians already knew that this was out there. I mean, I talked about how, was it Ralph Reed came to George H.W. Bush's White House during his re-election campaign year and said, you know, hey, if you basically um, bring me on board, I'll bring my whole crew and you'll have a bunch of, you know, the greatest marching you know, army of, of political activists you can imagine and george hw bush said do not do that because if you do we'll never get them out of here well w did and this is kind of he was the predicate predicate of this but trump saw what the real potential was he just had to unify him which is why he constantly it's it's us versus them they want to they want to hurt you they're trying they're trying to hurt me if they can hurt me they can hurt you that's what it is and I think the politicians knew this, but he was the first crazy freaking loon ball to basically successfully harness the ugliness. These are the people that look at a zombie film and fantasize about the zombie film because in their world, that's like the ideal outcome. Everybody else is dead and, and, and I'm now the hero. It's the great. And I'm going to get the girl. Oh, it, if you have to get to that point to where that you're the hero of the story of zombie apocalypse, you're a pathetic loser. But, yeah, there you go. More on this when I do come back. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Broadcasting in the evening on WCPT 820 Chicago's Progressive Talk and in the afternoon on AM 950, the Progressive Voice of Minnesota. It is the Matt McNeil Show, 952-946-6205. So quickly to recap, one, there is not a ugliness that's created by vice. We need to come to grips with there is a very large portion of the population of this country that is just ugly. This 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 horrible element of our society that for the most part is been kind of able to ignore. And, and I'm not saying that necessarily is the right thing to have done, but at the same time, it's people that basically, for the most part, are the cause of their own pain in their life. And there's varying degrees of it. Some of them are just, you know, 20-time losers. Some of that are people who are like rapists and criminals. I mean, that's, but there is this underbelly of society 
which Trump was able to mold into a reliable and dependent voting force, which is how we got him. So when I look at stuff like the Me Too movement and I see how women have actually been treated in this country, I'm like, wow, I shouldn't have been surprised because the Trump election showed us that. When I had that story yesterday that talked about the amount of rapes that are going on out there, I shouldn't be surprised by that because the ugliness of America was exposed in 2016 when Donald freaking Trump, a guy who is grossly unqualified and too dumb to be a freaking president, he's too dumb to hold a spoon for God's sakes. Became the president of the United States. And like a lot of people, you're like wondering how this happened. Well, this wasn't about video games or heavy metal music or gambling or, you know, online modeling. No, no. This was this was this element out there that existed that was smart enough to say, stay quiet until Trump basically enabled them and encouraged them and emboldened them. And here we are. And like I said, it's it's varying degrees. A lot of these people, like I said, want to be the hero of their own story, even going to that, as I said right before the break, that zombie apocalypse scenario. I wish the zombies would come and eat everybody because then I'd be the hero. You know, that's the kind of guy that Trump emboldened. That's the kind of person that he appeals to. And that's kind of that that group that came together. They, he, he told them straightforward to their face. It's not you. It's them. And they they were so desperate for that validation. That's why they're so loyal. And like I said, Jeff Stein says it before. He, these are not Republicans. These are Trumpicans. But I'll get back to that here in a second. These are people who are fantasizing about a civil war. Same thing. Hero worship. Oh, well, I'm going to force my opinions on everyone else. I'm going to finally validate who I am, even though you're a 20-time loser. You're not going to validate that. You're probably going to get killed. But you want to believe these things in your freaking mind. And people, I mean, let's be blunt, some of these people just want to be able to shoot people, whether that's a, a mass shooting or just to walk up and down the street and kill the people they just deserve, think deserve it. And that's, you know, and by the way, it, 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 does it surprise people when it's, you know, like I, I watched Yellowstone a little bit, and this is an incredibly popular show with this far right menagerie of, of stupidity that is out there and it's like you know okay every week it's let's start shooting at the neighbors you know like okay really <laughs> you know maybe you should make them a pie everyone loves pie you want to get along with your neighbors pie you don't get it matt no i get it you guys are living in a fantasy world and granted that's a tv show but still at the same time this is there are people out there that just are kyle rittenhouse you know, that whole crew that showed up there, they were they're desperate here. When Minneapolis imploded after George, George Floyd was murdered in the street by a cop, there's a ton of these people that showed up all of a sudden, and most of the people that caused all the problems were not from here, were white from out of state and Republicans. Boogaloo boy guys. And there you can check out the arrest records. No, there is this ugliness that has been fused into a cohesive voting block by Trump. And it's it's larger than people want to think. I mean, I think that what what that was the thing that wasn't making any sense for a lot of people. It's like, okay, how does Donald Trump win? Sure, I get it. Five, ten percent of the population, but how does he get here? He got here because he activated that voting block. The Republicans went along with him and they convinced enough people to stay at home. And that's how he wins. And this is what we have to deal with. And by the way, 
This is the majority of the Republican Party. Just look at the last two, the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary. Take a look at those. Take a look at Trump's numbers. 52, 55%. It's barely over the midpoint, but it is an undeniable majority of the Republican voter. And that's why these Republicans have to cater to the dark underbelly, the ugliness that is America. They have to because it's actually become the majority of their party, barely a majority, but it's there. You want an example of how far the Republican Party has fallen? This is amazing. This is amazing. I want to, this is, think about how politics used to be in this country. And then listen to this, this delightful nugget. Now, this is apparently in the 4th Congressional District in Colorado. This is a district that Lauren Boebert jumped into to try to win because she couldn't win the district she was in, which I think was like a plus four Republican. She still couldn't win that one. In a debate they had last night, State Representative Mike Lynch, who this week stepped down as the GOP minority leader in the State House, fired back at her after she brought up his DUIRS by asking her, can you give me the definition of carpetbagger to me? With Bobert saying she moved to give her kids a fresh start and then added, and this move is the right move for me and them, especially since it might have you give you a chance to be back in the House. According to the Times report, at one point, candidates were asked to raise their hands if they'd ever been arrested. Six of the nine candidates on stage raised their hands to cheers and applause from the audience. Ta-da! Exhibit Triple Z. Think about this for a second. To applause, to cheering, two-thirds of the candidates on the stage have been arrested. And that is not necessarily a down. It's a plus. They are looked at as heroes because the 20-time losers in the crowd were like, I've been arrested four times. I wish I could be a House member. Maybe I'll get up there on stage. That's what we've got. I mean, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that the numbers in the caucuses don't, the caucus in Iowa and the primary in New Hampshire don't match that exact sentiment. And in some districts, the most Republican districts, it's how bad could you possibly be? That's the key. That's the element. How bad can you possibly be? Because you got to keep this delusional base happy, which brings up a deeper rabbit hole, if I may. Because not only do we have to deal with the rabbit hole that is the fact that there is this ugliness in America that does exist. Not only do we have to understand that this this rabbit hole, that the fact that Trump was able to mold this ugliness into something of an effective voting bloc, but we have to understand what the game plan is from Republicans who once again are dependent on the majority of these voters showing up for them. So they have to basically pander to the ugliness, el- ugliest elements of our country. And not just the people who are 20-time losers or people that desperately want to turn themselves into the hero of their own story, but we're talking about the bigots and the racists and the, the misogynists and the rapists and the people that want to start a civil war. They have to, have to appeal to them or they have no chance. 
it should be no surprise when you think about this that this is why the GOP has focused as much of their attention on rural America as possible. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that they can control a lot of rural America. It's a lot easier to control that than in the metro areas and the suburbs. And they are now dependent. The GOD is dependent on bitter, angry people. That's what they are. They're dependent on them. They have no intent on making their lives better. Republicans have been in charge for years in rural America, and they have not made your life better. Your housing is worse. Your pay is worse. The health care is worse. Your schools are worse. Thanks to the Republicans. They are forcing themselves onto rural America and making sure that they basically make things as bad as possible for them. They basically have convinced their voters of a lie that no matter how bad things are with them in charge, that somehow it'd be worse if the Democrats were here. That, that's that's their entire – if you go into rural America, it's like, you know, sure, you don't have any jobs and the water supply is poison and you have to drive an hour and a half to go to a maternity ward and all these things. But thank God the Democrats aren't in charge, right? <laughs> they create scare tactics about they're coming for your guns. They're coming for your Jesus. Jesus wants you to have your guns. What? <laughs> they create all this stuff. And they are able to control this voting block by being the craziest they can be, to pandering to the worst elements of our society. And once again, these people love it. Because for the most part, these are not the people that should be guiding us as a society. These are not the people who should be leading us. These are not the people that should be representing us. But now... Because the Republican Party's opened the welcome mat and put the welcome mat down, open the door. Highly inferior people who should have never been allowed to run for office are now controlling the U.S. House. They're. By the way, is it one of the things I want to quick mention here? It just crossed my mind. Isn't it funny, though, when you look at rural America and you look at the Republicans who control it and when there's actually a the 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 real thing going on right now when that's going on, that there's like like the water supply gets poisoned. They have no interest in trying to help them. It's all we need the Democrats to come on out here and help us. We need the Democrats to come on out here and give us money for the water supply or open a new hospital or give us funding for schools. And resentfully belligerently, angrily saying, you need to help us. And the reality is, is that they know the Democrats will help them because the Democrats actually care while the Republicans could care less. But then they'll take credit. Pete Stauber up in the Minnesota 8th, taking credit for the Blatnick Bridge between Superior, Wisconsin and Duluth, Minnesota, taking credit for it because basically there's no accountability. 
952-946-6205. Patrick, uh, we do have breaking news, according to you, in a verdict in the uh, Carroll trial, the E. Jean Carroll trial, right? Yes, Donald Trump has been found liable to pay E. Jean Carroll $83.3 million. <laughs> Again, that number, that is not a misprint. That number, $83.3 million. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God. Uh, he's your king, losers. He's your king. $83.3 million. And that's the beginning of his legal troubles. <laughs> oh, he looks so angry. There isn't a safe bottle of ketchup anywhere in the New York metro area now. 83. Oh, uh, I think Haba did such a fantastic job. I mean, I'm sure she's getting paid. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that Donnie is. Let me just scribble out that check for you. Ah! 83.3 million dollars. Hey, by all the means, all you Republicans out there who are hate listening to me right now, I want to make sure you understand something. He was found guilty of raping her, and you still love him. You didn't demand he get out of the way. He raped somebody. And he is liable for it. For 83.3, for actually the defamation was what he's liable there. It's just amazing what you guys have fallen into. And you got to look at what the Republicans have done as a whole because they've got to keep this. This is their base now. So I'll tell you what, when I come back, I'm going to stop laughing here in a second. When I come back, let me uh, break down a little bit about what we can do to fight this, okay? It's the Matt McNeil Show. It is the Matt McNeil Show. Once again, the verdict on the amount that Trump has to pay E.G. and Carroll, $83.3 million. $83.3 million. Hilarious. All right. Recapping the rabbit holes I've been going down this show. Let's let's do this really quick. One, that there is this a much larger, ugly underbelly to America than we want to realize. It is a truly disturbing element of our society. 20-time losers, people that wish they were the hero of their own story, going all the way down to bigots, racists, rapists, and murderers. And that is these groups of people that are out there who are just angry about society and Donald Trump was able to mold them into a viable voting force, and that is how he wins in 2016. The Republicans now are stuck with this group of people, as it is now the majority of the voter base. Take a look at the Iowa caucus, 50-some percent. Take a look at New Hampshire, 50-some percent. Those are the loyal Trump supporters. And the rest of the party is desperately trying to find someone else. And so they're stuck there, and they have to get into bed with this, And they have no intent on trying to make anyone's life better because they can't do that. First of all, the Democrats are trying to make people's lives better at a much better rate than they are. So they'll look bad. But the reality is, is the best chance they've got is to keep everyone miserable and poor and broken. As long as basically they feel as you can blame the Democrats for it, they're there. But the Republicans have been the ones that have been in charge of all these areas where there's all this Republican hate. 
And they haven't fixed a damn thing. And they have no intention of doing it. And like I said, if you're at the point now, you want to see how far the Republican Party has had, let alone the fact that they are basically you know, going to elect a guy who's been convicted of raping a woman who now has to pay her $83.3 million because he can't shut up because he's, he's a petulant man-child with bronzer. What you got instead is this, this Republican Party that is basically betrothed to him. So how do we fix it? How do we fix this problem? Here is the ugly truth. That voting block is so damn loyal to Trump. You can't fix them. You can't convince them. That 25 to 30% of the Republican Party that would march through fire for Trump won't go there. Because once again, these are people who are losers who Trump validated. And by doing that, he became a god to them. And it's all them versus us for them. They don't see it. They could fix their own lives. They'd rather not. They'd rather just blame everyone else. That is who they are. They will go to the ends of the earth to keep their fantasy alive, that they are somehow the hero of their story. So this requires the rest of us. The 75 to 70% who are not pathetic 20-time losers, who are not people so desperately a hero of their own story that they basically want to force their ways on everyone else. The people that are misogynist and racist and bigoted. We, the rest of us, have to put this group of people back onto the barbed wire compound in frickin' Montana where these people used to roam. Terrified of coming on out because they knew they were losers. And that's what we have to do, which means everybody has to show up. Now, I think we clearly can make an argument here, especially with this rape story, that we need to make much harsher penalties, not only clearly for rape and try to give women the right to we're not they're not re-victimized by a bunch of, you know, jackassian white Republican men who are trying to force their agenda on them. But I think it may be time for us to actually address the fact that do people have a right to anonymity? Now, the town square is open. And when you were in the town square, I went down there as Matt McNeil and I spoke in the town square. And people knew who I was and I was able to say my peace of mind. And that is what used to be freedom of speech. Now you can basically create 20 freaking you know, burner accounts on Twitter and randomly send crotch pictures to anyone else. And should that person have anonymity? I don't think they should. And there's nothing in the Constitution on freedom of speech that says that someone has the right to be anonymous with their freedom of speech. Make them go into the public square. That will shame these jackasses back into their mom's basements. You got to beat Trump. You got to vote all these people out. You have to. We have to do this. We have to convey the truth. And that is not only that the Democrats can no longer sit out elections, that you can't be fooled by Republican talking points about, I'm going to stay home and not vote and protest. That's them. They, they cannot win if we show up. They cannot win if we show up. We have to show up in force. 
We have to show up with with force like we did in 2020 and again every single election. We have to. We have to remind them that Republicans in many cases have been in charge of your life for decades, for generations, and have not made your life better. And sure, you're not going to get the Trump deplorables to wake up from their their stupor of grandeur, but you might get the rest of the Republican Party to start shaking off and realize, yeah, these guys haven't been helping me. I lost, you know, three family members to nitrate cancer, nitrate poisoning in the water supply that Republicans told me it's too, it's too much of a problem to deal with. I lost my family member because we couldn't get to the nearest hospital because it was an hour away because all the hospitals closed and Republicans said, what are we supposed to do? The Republicans have not delivered for you. But you know where they deliver? They deliver for the Democrats. They deliver for the rest of us. And the reality is, as I pointed out, when Republicans are really in need, they deliver for you too. But they just take credit for it because they're a bunch of lying jackasses. They need help. We can't do that. But what we can do is tell them your days of controlling the talking points and the narrative of this country are over. It's time for you to go back to your compounds, go back to your mom's basement, go back to your quiet life and leave us the hell alone. Because the reality is, is we need to beat this back if we are going to survive as a country. And I do love this country. God bless the United States. We got work to do this year, people. We have a lot of work to do. Chicago, our, I'll talk to you guys on Monday. Hour two coming up from Minneapolis, St. Paul. Hour number two of the show here on your Friday. Good to be with you, Matt and Patrick here. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. In case you missed it, Patrick brought it forward here. Uh, the verdict has come in. Three full hours of deliberation. Three. I mean, it's like the Simpsons jury. Guilty, 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 guilty. <laughs> Is that what that sounded like when they went into the uh, guilty, 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 guilty. They were. I think she was asking for what was she was asking for ten million. I think it was something like that. Ten million dollars. Yeah, she got a little bit more. Seven point three million in compensatory damages. Compensatory damages. Eleven million to repair her reputation. Sixty-five million in punitive damages. Eighty-three point three. I Haba is definitely not getting paid. I guarantee you, she is not going to get a paycheck. It's just not who he is. And I guarantee you, he will not shut up. He's not going to pay this either. Oh, you think that he's going to write a check? I mean, this is going to be one of those things where after he's gone, his his estate's going to have to, well, gee, you know, we wanted to give this money to, to Eric, and oh, we don't know where it all is. It's in Russia, Saudi. We have no idea. They're going to be, there, there's, there's going to be a massive shell game going on. I think what's going to have to happen here, and, and this might be coming fairly quickly, is the courts might actually lock down his finances and basically say you can't shift any money around. I know you've brought up Haba a few times. Do you think this is kind of the rock bottom moment? He's going to go, what the hell have I been doing with Oh, God, no. (laughs) (laughs) Donald Trump, you know, as I spent, spent the last hour rambling on about, Donald Trump is the hero in his own story. 
He is, I'm the smartest guy that's ever lived. I'm the greatest businessman that's ever existed. Every woman thinks I'm hot. Oh. He thinks he's the, he thinks he's the coolest guy that's ever existed. The reality is he's absolute human trash. He is absolute human trash. Absolute. And yeah, it's just $83.3 million. And, you know, this is, you know, it's it's gratifying to see this. I would rather see him in a jail cell, frankly. I'd rather see Rudy Giuliani in a jail cell. Peter Navarro is going to a jail cell for at least four months because these guys deserve it. They are truly horrible people. But the reality is is that if you can't get the jail time because – you know, just you know the, the cowardice of our leaders who just basically don't want to say, yeah, the guy who's guilty of sin needs to go to jail. Well, this is, I guess, what he's going to have to do. But God, is it? It's you know he, you know, the fact that he stormed out of the courtroom today. That is, uh, that's, uh, that's, yeah. I don't think how many millions did that cost him? That was added on. Probably a few million. Dave is in St. Louis Park. He wanted to chime in on the the uh, verdict in the uh, Carroll case here. Welcome on in, Dave. Hi, uh, Matt. I just thought I'd uh, pass this on. Um, I know a few lawyers, and I've talked with them about this. And uh, uh, if a judgment is rendered against you in a civil trial and you profess that you don't want to pay or you can't pay or you try to delay, the lawyers for Eugene Carroll and the judge can decide to look at your assets, and they can put your assets in bond, and they can decide whether or not to sell them off at a future date to pay the judgment. And you don't have any choice about that because you lost. Well, and, yeah. so you're telling me, you're telling me, Dave, we could see him have to f- sell Mar-a-Lago? Yep. <laughs> they could seize all of his, it, it, it's what I call the Billy Ray Valentine solution to the Trump problem, which is, uh, Billy Ray Valentine in Trading Place said the best way to punish rich people is to turn them into poor people. Wow. That's how you can do it. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to seize assets. Like if under RICO laws, you can seize anybody's assets. You can The government does it all the time. They take people's stuff. They take their houses, take their cars, their boats, you name it. And uh, if you lose, you lose. <laughs> uh, there's not much you can do about it. Uh, he can, he can, and the thing about a civil judgment is you can't really appeal it. It's, uh, once the judge decides, you're kind of screwed. Well, it, and, uh, that's, that's the good news here. Dave, thank you very much. I appreciate the phone call. Uh, yeah, I, I'm getting the, I, I think it is, I think it's going to be only a matter of time that E.G. Carroll basically then has the courts, her lawyers have the courts basically freeze all of his assets and then they have to decide what they're going to sell off. To cover it, and God, could you sell off Mar-a-Lago? That would be hilarious. That would be that would just be hilarious. And by the way, like I said, all of this goes into line with what I was saying last hour. All of it, eighty-three point three million dollars. Oh, he can't. You're in court. He can't. I mean. There is something seriously mentally wrong with the man. You know, you would think to yourself that when it came to the court case, that you would at least then learn how to shut up. 
But all of them. We saw the deposition with Lindell. We, you know, Rudy Giuliani. We got Trump here. They just, the idea of being held accountable is so infuriating for them. So out of line for them that they, the, the, you know, it is just not something that they want to roll around in their head. And he can't shut up. I imagine tonight at some point he's going to say something else and she's going to file another lawsuit. And they will end up taking hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, the only one that I think, uh, uh, you know, I think Ivanka could basically tell him, you know, get him to shut up. But I don't know if, if, if she would, you know, wants to even be associated with him at this point. Clearly, Melania doesn't. You know, and, and Eric and Eric and, and uh, Don Jr. are the two dumbest bulbs I've ever seen on any tree. <laughs> and seriously, those two morons. You know, they yeah, Dad, I think that was a zinger. Get another one. Go get her again. Yay, zingers. <laughs> Eric and Donald Jr. are just, uh, in, I, you know, my na- my guess is Baron's going to change his name and live somewhere like Yugoslavia or some former Yugoslavia or something like that. <laughs> no, I have no idea who you're talking about. I am just local carpenter. Uh, Lawrence is in St. Paul. He wanted to chime in on this as well. Welcome on in, Lawrence. Hey, yeah, exactly what you're talking about here. i got to tell you a story. When I was 18 years old, I was doing something, and everybody advised me. They said, Lawrence, you need to be quiet. Just shut up. Let the lawyer take you. Just shut up. But I didn't do it. I kept talking. And at 63 years old, I'm still paying the price right now. So... Unless you actually make him pay for something, continue doing it. And you got to, like you said, Matt, and by the way, you should be having your national show, man. What's, what's the problem? How come you don't have a national show? <laughs> you are one of the best guys I've seen out here, and I listen to this stuff. I digest it every day. You're one of the best. See, they, they, Somebody they, needs to take that. Oh, well, I appreciate it. Lawrence, thank you very much. I appreciate that. They're very nice words thank for you. Man, I'll, I'll talk. I'll talk to you later, Lawrence. Thank you. Uh, your phone was cutting out a little bit there. Uh, flattered. Um, thanks. That's very nice of you. As far as Trump goes, he's just that stupid. He's just that stupid. You know. And I rem- I remember back in 2015, 2016, when all of a sudden I'd see people who are kind of blue collar people and like. I love him. He's one of us. The guy with the golden toilet? (laughs) That's not, he's not one of us. No, he's no, no, he's not. Oh, I imagine, I got to imagine there's a fundraising email that's out at this point. I got to imagine that. So 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. All right. So let me get into this. First of all, can I just – I got to take on North Washington County, South Washington County, North Washington County. What are you guys doing in Washington County, man? Apparently, they want to deflate the popularity and enjoyment of the D, uh, the, the, the Department of Transportation, MnDOT's snowplow naming contest. And so they basically got a bunch of submissions and they basically trying to steal the thunder 
they quickly have come on out just as we've opened up the MnDOT naming you know contest, and they've taken Plow, Plow Bunga and Taylor Drift as their names in Washington County. Come on, man. What are you doing? I mean, it, it just all uh, great. Your county won. Yay! You're before everybody else. Woo! All right. I it, it's it's. I, I, yeah, whatever. Anyway, it, it's it's disappointing. How about I say it like this? Minnesotans can vote in the fourth name of snowplow contest by the Minnesota Department of Transportation. Voters have until January 28th to select the names they want to go see. All the different snowplow names. Winners will be announced in late January. So you have until Sunday. Well, late January. I mean, I'm going to guess they're going to announce the winners Monday or Tuesday of next week. So there you go. We'll know our plow names here. By the way, I also can bring up this thing. Patrick, you and I mentioned this. Um, The Pond Hockey Tournament has been called off, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, The U.S. Pond Hockey Championship has been canceled canceled due to poor ice. That has been canceled due to poor ice. Um, This is from the folks at the racket with their, their weekend lineup here. You know, looking looking at the weather if i can i'm just you know scrolling on my phone because everyone loves watching someone do that right yeah here we go <laughs> looking at the weather forecast today uh is 40 34 37 i'll tell you what you, if you want to go see ice sculptures or snow sculptures with the winter carnival you better go do it tomorrow yeah, the uh, related the Delano Ice Palace is closing down after this weekend to go on that point that you don't have a lot of time to see these things. Yeah, you just, it's, I've never seen anything like this. This is disturbing how bad it is. But, of course, every Republican out there, hey, it's just a little, it's a little warmer, so it's nice out. Huh? Yeah, how much money has this state lost? How much damage to its reputation has this state taken because all these events have been, are being canceled? How much? I guarantee you, like I said, and let's go back to what I said last hour. These Republicans are not going to do a damn thing until all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all these outfitters and these resorts who desperately need people to go up there and ice fish and, and spend money ice fishing and snowmobiling and stuff like this, and all of a sudden they can't do it, and all of a sudden these same Republicans who have done nothing, nothing to help you, nothing out there to help you, are all going to be coming out to the Democrats, you guys need to get out here and help us. Because the only time they need help is basically when they've screwed up so bad and they themselves have no – it's on them to basically say, well, I guess what we, we need the Democrats to bail us out once again. Oh, uh, St. Paul Winter Carnival. Uh, that's kicking off this weekend starting today. Snow Park at the fair. Snow sculptors working this weekend. Like I said, if you want to see this, I'm going, I'm going to go try to go out there tomorrow night. I, I guess that's uh, tomorrow afternoon, tomorrow night. That's probably going to be the best. Um, and I don't think it's going to be up standing up there by Tuesday or Wednesday. I mean, I'd be shocked. Uh, the ice carving contest down in Rice Park, I'm going to, I'm going to be surprised if that stays up for one day. Um, that's, that's going over in St. Paul. Uh, the Minneapolis Institute of Ice, uh, they are doing their ice carving. They did something last year that was kind of fun over at MIA, and they're doing it again over there. Uh, they're hosting its own collection of ice. Sounds pretty cool for the project. Carvers must create 10 pieces inspired by works of the museum's permanent collection on display uh, pretty much until they melt. Iconic well, could be tomorrow. 
Uh, iconic sculpture, sculptures created using frozen water to include uh, the Veiled Lady, uh, the um, uh, Tatra 70, uh, T-78 sedan, uh, the Celestial Horse from China as well. So Pond Hoppy Championships, they've been canceled. Art shanties. God. So, Patrick, I was driving. I drove to the Y today, and I was just looking down on the side of the road. You know one of those drainage ponds, man? Yeah. Half full of water. They can't be. I, mean, I, I think they took the shanties off the ice over at Harriet, right? I did not hear that, but it would not surprise me. Now they got the kite festival. Have you done the kite festival? I've heard about it, but I've never been over to it. It was the January last year's calendar, if I'm not mistaken. If I remember correctly, we'd had that in there. Um, I don't think we're going to have it this year. I don't. I you know I want to go on out there and see it. I'm going to presume after that cold weather we had, Harriet's going to be good, but. I don't want to be hiking around on a on a lake with a, two inches of of water on top of it. Be frozen by the time I got anywhere. It kind of takes a little bit of the fun away from the kites, doesn't it? Uh so that's that's probably on ice. <laughs> Shut up, Matt. All right, <laughs> sorry. Uh, thanks, Republicans, because you're. Your never-ending allegiance to the fossil fuel industry, you're basically screwing up one of the things that we are supposed to be known for here in Minnesota, winter. But I'm sure, I'm sure you'll find a thousand different ways to, to explain how this is great. From the bottom of my heart, screw you. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Let's take a break. Come on back. It is the Matt McNeil Show. $83.3 million of it right here on AM 950. Everybody's getting a good laugh at 83.3 million, Matt. Everybody's getting a good laugh. Happy holidays. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. So uh, let's get into, because they they've kind of announced what exactly happened in St. Louis Park into the high school here. And I wanted to talk about this because, yeah, you can't allow people to start taking swings at kids in schools. But I do want to come on back and, and talk about one thing that I've talked about a bunch of times with schools. I'll come back to that in a second, though. Charges have been filed against three adults for fighting students at the St. Louis Park High School. A spokesperson with the St. Louis Park Police Department says Abrahi, Abrahi and Elisa Smith, 22, Jerome Averill Smith, uh, 19, and Latoys Rennell Millen, 41, all of St. Louis Park, are charged in the January 18th incident. The fights captured on video and shared on social media involved both students and adults. Classes were canceled the following day as school officials and further investigations as were posted. Police say it's unlikely additional charges will be filed at some point in the future. According to the criminal complaints, officers were called to the school just before 2.15 on a report of a parent threatening to beat up students. An officer met with Millen, who claimed that her daughter, identified as SM, was jumped. Body camera footage captures Millen yelling at a group of high school girls saying, Y'all, one of them, girl. I, uh, girl. I swear to God, all you find, uh, find a get it. She continues screaming. I'll fight any Muslim that comes down those stairs, bro. These 
uh, people think they're running blank, but they met their match, and they, she didn't say blank. Millen's other children, Smith Jr., uh, is, is Smith and the juvenile identified as DS, met with Millen and the officer. They then leave the school and exit to the school parking lot. Surveillance footage reviewed by law enforcement shows the initial fight happened in the hallways where Millen's daughter was allegedly jumped. Police learned Smith and a Somali male were, uh, was involved in the fight. SM is seen voluntarily entering the fight at one point, throwing punches at another female student, contrary to what the, the girl originally reported to the police. According to the complaint, as the officer was interviewing other students about the fight, she was rat- uh, notified of another fight happening outside the school. Smith, Smith Jr., DS, and SM were seen actively fighting several Somali students. Additional officers arrived, and all defendants left the scene in a white Mitsubishi. One student accused DS of sucker punching them, claiming she didn't know who the person, nor did she know anything to provoke the attack. Another student identified Smith, who reportedly yelled at the student, you want this too, you can get it if you want, before allegedly punching the student in the head. The student added that the group was yelling at every Somali student that walked past. A third Somali student told police he was walking outside the school when the group got out of the car and said something along the lines of, were you the ones involved with my sister earlier? The victim said he was... Confused, so he kept walking. The boy said he felt targeted because he was Somali. Surveillance footage shows the group got out of the vehicle, approached the third victim. Smith is seen showing the victim to the, uh, shoving the, throwing the victim to the ground and jumping on them, kicking and stomping them. Millen is then seen kicking and punching the student as well. A fourth victim was choked for three to five seconds by Smith Jr., the complaint says. The three people are charged with one count each of third degree riot, fourth degree assault. If convicted, they face up to two years in jail. And a $6,000 fine. All right. Um, This is obviously the main point of this story. Yeah, you shouldn't do that um, if you are an adult. Um, Yeah, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't be looking and threatening kids in a school. That is clearly a problem. And you are going to, my guess is going to be, is I'm going to presume this is going to be Hennepin County Attorney, is going to have to approach this and realize you, you've got to set a standard here. You cannot allow parents to do this. You cannot allow this. Now, I have been fairly vocal that the the response and and once again i want to say very clearly especially when it comes to the minority population that the school system on a lot of different levels has been grossly unfair it has been very much um racist and incompatible with today's society i'll be the first to say this we needed to make change understandably but the opposite of a heavy-handed approach is a non-existent one. And I have seen personally the concept of people who have violently attacked other kids, students who have violently attacked other students in schools and outside of some stern finger-wagging and let's have a pancake breakfast and sit down and talk out our problems. Bull crud. There aren't any consequences. 
And the argument that they make is we don't want to basically create a situation where the kid's life is, you know, and the quality of life they have is in jeopardy. And that is, I can understand that. And I think it's somewhat amicable. But in the real world, if all of a sudden I decided to go into the producer's studio and start throwing haymakers at Patrick, uh, Patrick, do you know where my Kit Kat bar went, man? Uh, I will find it for you. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> exactly. You see, is and and scene. We're joking. We're joking. I would never do it, Patrick. I, I love Patrick. I have never do anything to Patrick. But if I was in a work environment, and all of a sudden I started throwing haymakers at somebody, there's not a pancake breakfast we're having the next day. No, HR is escorting you. Well, the police are probably escorting you out of your office. You're fired immediately, and you're going to be facing charges. I don't believe for anybody, regardless of their age, one mistake should define who they are. I don't I don't believe in that. But you've you, we are getting in this 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 new we're we're going to try to right the wrongs by having non-existing punishment world for people that are doing things that should be punished for. I don't I don't know if that's necessarily a successful path. Because you need to if you if your job is you want to educate people into do things, you know, in and you know, in to not have abusive or aggressive or violent behavior, basically making them pinky swear that they're not going to do it again is not really a punishment. And it is right now as a, as as a school goes now. I'm not, and by the way, I'm not going to. The Republicans all went. St. Louis Park had SROs. Is it school? Oh, shut up! No, no. This stuff happens at every school. I mean, we 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 haven't talked lately about the. You know, you want to you want to go down that path? Fine, we'll go down that path. We haven't talked lately about the Waterville, Elysian, Morristown situation, where basically twenty to twenty five percent of the students went on a racist rampage across the school district. We haven't talked about that. Yeah, oh, well, where is their SRO officer? Oh, that's right. We don't want to talk about that one because that's not a school where the narrative you want to push is, is it? There you go. Exactly. But you cannot have this world where your determination to not punish someone, a student who is behaving in a bad way, Revictimizes the victim and leaves pretty much everybody with the feeling that nothing is being done. Now, once again, this is not in any way, shape, or form any kind of validation for what these adults did in this school. For goodness sakes, you need to charge them. I think that was very clear at the beginning of this. You need to charge people with crimes, and that is a crime. That being said, these schools got to understand you just, you know, oh, you, 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 you punched them this time. Well, just promise me you're not going to knife them the next time. Promise me you're not going to jump them again. Promise me you're not going to post a video up on YouTube. You got to have someone, you know, you, I don't believe in the system that we used to have. That clearly was wrong. But a system without any consequences I don't know if that's the right path either. It sure as heck doesn't seem like it. 
952-946-6205. Take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil Show. Oh, I'll do some dancing. I'll, I'll, we'll find out. I, I got it. I think I got it. I think I got a song in mind. All right. We'll do some dancing here on a Friday to get us to this out. I still do. I, I didn't realize I'd, I'd actually copied Fox 9. They do that thing in the morning when they do it. And by the way, still, Alex Kendall is still one of the best dancers I've ever seen. Fantastic. But because I used to do stuff for them, I used to do traffic for them in the mornings years ago. Uh, but yeah, that's, it's a Friday thing. I think music there, uh, you know, you copy people that have basically good ideas. So I have no problem with that. And by the way, Keith Marler, I hope you're feeling better soon, man. I saw you're on crutches, dude. So you weren't dancing. <laughs> so I hope you're doing better there. Whatever happened there. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. I don't. I can be honest with you. I don't want to bring up this next story. I just don't. But I'm going to bring this up because we have to talk about this. And that is the something I had mentioned yesterday, which is or two days ago in Alabama. Thursday, they executed Kenneth Eugene Smith in the 1988 murder for hire of Elizabeth Senate. The execution, the first ever carried out with nitrogen gas, began at 7.56 p.m. According to the Alabama Attorney General's office, Smith was pronounced dead at 8.25. Smith, 56, made a final statement through a mask. Tonight, Alabama caused humanity to take a step backwards. I leave with love, peace, and light. I love all of you. Thank you for supporting me. Media witnesses, uh, including the reporter for the Alabama Reflector, saw him dressed in his prison uniform but covered with a white sheet up to his chest. Smith laid on the gurney with a silent, uh, a slight incline, his arms extended out. He was strapped down in two places, one strap around his stomach and around, around his upper chest. After the death warrant was read, Reverend Jeff Hood, uh, why don't you leave God out of this because God doesn't want anything to do with this. Um, they performed last rites. Staff member closed the vent on his mask, which began to flow with nitrogen. Smith convulsed for a few minutes with seven minutes of heavy breathing as he took deep breaths. John Hamm, the commissioner of the Alabama Department of Corrections, said that it appeared that Smith was holding his breath as long as he could. That was all expected and the side effects that we've seen and researched in nitrogen hypoxia. He said nothing was out of the ordinary from what we were expecting. Hood and his friends and family of Smith, Hood and friends and family of Smith challenged that press conference uh, Thursday evening. I think that anybody who witnessed this knows we didn't see someone go unconscious into two or three seconds, Hood said. We didn't see someone go unconscious for 30 seconds. What we saw was minutes of someone struggling for their life. We saw minutes of someone heaving back and forth. We saw spit. We all sorts of stuff developing in the mask. Senate's husband and the Reverend Charles Senate hired Smith, John Forrest Parker, and Billy Gray Williams to kill his wife in order to collect insurance money. According to the court records, Parker and Smith entered the home where Elizabeth Senate was killed. All three were convicted of her death. Parker was executed in 2010. William Senate's life in prison died in 2020. Reverend Charles Senate died by suicide a week after his wife's death. Michael Senate, Elizabeth Senate's son, said the long press conference of the execution that Parker and Smith had been incarcerated almost twice as long as I knew my mom. All three of the people involved in this case years ago, we have forgiven them, but not today, but we, we, but we have in the past. Smith, who survived the botched execution November 2022, spent his last 24 hours uh, with, you know, receiving friend, uh, uh, visits from family and friends. 
While everyone was waiting for Christmas, all excited about Christmas, our family was waiting for the courts to decide the fate of my husband and whether he was going to be suffer or they're going to stand up and do the right thing, Dina Smith said in a press conference on Thursday. We say they're the country that believes in the Constitution. I'm sorry, I just don't see that. The U.S. Supreme Court rejected appeals on Smith on Wednesday and Thursday that argued that a method violated the Eighth Amendment protections against cruel and unusual punishment. Sounds like it was cruel and unusual punishment. The court's three liberal justices dissented. Having failed to kill a man in this first attempt, Alabama has selected as his guinea pig to test a new method of execution never attempted before. The world is watching. And that's from Justice Sonia Sotomayor. In a statement Thursday afternoon, Smith and Hood said, eyes of the world are on this impending moral apocalypse. Our prayer is that people will not turn their heads. We simply cannot normalize the suffocation of each other. Which is... You can just lock this guy up for life. Never gets out. And I understand it's like, well, but that person died. I get that. But I want to – and I've said this before in regards to this. Now, first of all, um, I find it hilarious all the so-called Christians who favor life. I mean Jesus was pretty clear. You, you know, you, you visit the prisoners. You don't – you know, life, life is – Something that it's not just convenient when it matches your argument. And no, don't go with the Reverend Billy Sunday in the 1800s who basically came on out there and revised the Bible. What? Just to basically make it seem like, well, you can murder as many people as you want as long as you're justified in murdering them. These are people that weren't justified. Oh, okay, I see. Nope, this was, um, this was an abomination. This was an abomination. You actually used a human as a guinea pig. And in Alabama, they high-fived and, and, and cheered and were so happy they were finally able to murder somebody uh, under the auspices of the justice system. And I want to remind people as well, the jury, the jury said he should spend the rest of his life in jail. It was a judge who overruled that and basically decided that, no, I'm going to be as one person determined that we're going to execute you. And that's just that. This falls back to what I was talking about last hour. These people that they've got these fantasies of they're the hero and everyone else is the villain. And, you know, hey, I'm not saying this guy deserved to go free. Put him in jail for the rest of his life. And by the way, if I can say this, I, I, I personally am in the mindset. I mean, think about, OK, in a normal, usual Minnesota winter. When you stay inside for a few days, you start getting a little stir crazy. Now you're in a house or you're in your apartment, Right. You've got multiple rooms. You've got television. You've got you've got you know you know room to move around. Your own you know private bathroom, all that sort of thing. You can take showers and stuff, and it still gets stir crazy, right? You're not being locked in a twelve by twelve cell with a with a bathroom stall right in the middle of the floor, and 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 being there every day. I think that's a pretty damn harsh punishment, if you ask me. but we fantasize the revenge element of it, which is not very Christian and it's not very decent, and feel as if you, we, we give the power to one human being to basically anoint that a person should die and then act as if this is somehow what God wanted us to do. Please. And by the sounds of it, they tortured this guy. They tortured him when they botched the first you know, execution, 
They tortured him the second time around, but hey, high fives, I guess, all around, Alabama, huh? High fives all around. Ugh. 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. Uh, I would like to claim that I was right about something. I know. That's, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow, isn't it, right, Republicans? Yes, it is. Yesterday when we had uh, uh, Stouffer on, uh, Justin Stouffer on, to talk about <coughs> from Minnesota Farmers Union, to talk about the uh, article he put out about monopolies. The first question I said to him and I asked him, and he agreed with me, you cannot have inflation if you have record corporate profits. You cannot have those two things do not exist in the same time frame. That You just can't have that. And we now have a study that says it wasn't just inflation. Corporate profits drove 53% of inflation during the second and third quarters of 2023 and more than a third since the start of the pandemic, the report found. So when corporate profits, not inflation, corporate profits were a major cause of, quote unquote, your inflation, a.k.a. the rising prices. That's a massive jump from the four decades prior to the pandemic when profits rose just 11 percent of price growth. Businesses were really, really quick when input costs went up to pass that on to consumers. But had they only passed on those increases, inflation would have been maybe one or two, three points Lower, says Liz Pencotti, the uh, strategic advisor for Groundwork and one of the report's authors, they told Fortune magazine. It's not just the left making this argument. The Federal Reserve Bank in Kansas City has also found corporate profits playing an outsized role in the price growth. The Kansas City Fed in a recent study found that the growth in markups accounted for more than half the consumer price inflection, uh, inflation for 2021 and substantially higher contribution than during the preceding decade. Last month, a largest review to date of greedflation, and that's what they're calling it, greedflation, from the Institute of Public Policy Research and Commonwealth looked at 1,300 companies across four continents included that the profiteering by a relatively small set of companies pushed up consumer prices slightly, or excuse me, significantly higher than would have happened from the supply chain shocks alone. So once again, it's not that these companies didn't have an increase in costs themselves. They pass those on to the consumer. It's what they did is, well, they said, oh, well, eggs are going to cost us more. Well, let's just round that number up another 10 and then pass that money off, and then we'll keep the difference. You see, it wasn't inflation. It was greed. Classic, uh, classical economists argue that blaming companies for trying to boost profits is like blaming the rain for falling which it is profit-seeking in their mission, and it'll be expected at anything from the unleashed pent-up demand that exploded as the economy reopened post-pandemic. But increasingly mainstream as well as progressive economists are making the case that the prices didn't just need to go up this much. And that is the question. That is the question. Is what is what is going on right now is the same people – the same executives who were drunk off the power and bonus checks they got in the 2000s when basically W opened up the, the housing market and basically turned it into a credit card. And the companies and the banks were making, you know, 20 million, 30 million, 40 million dollar bonuses every year. When that happened, and that the whole system came crashing down. I remind you that they did not want 
to stop. They they basically were trying to get the Treasury Department to give them a bunch of money so they could still get their Christmas bonuses after they killed their own companies. And a lot of what's going on right now is this mentality of, and we've seen it with banks, for God's sakes, it was Wells Fargo over there screwing over their own customers for uh, all those times, and they were found guilty of that. You, you get, you, they're basically, the executives have determined that they themselves deserve as much as possible, and they will, they will basically hurt anyone. They have to, to get what they want. And yeah, it's, it is somewhat disturbing. It is somewhat disturbing. 952-946-6205. Finally, topic, final topic for tonight, today, this afternoon. Hennepin County Attorney Mary Moriarty said she won't use grand juries to make charging decisions in cases where law enforcement uses force resulting in the injury death of civilians rather than making the, the call herself a practice her predecessor, Mike Freeman, also adopted late in his tenure. But she did convene a grand jury after the shooting of motorist Ricky Cobb by Minnesota State Trooper Ryan Londrigan last summer to gather evidence to help inform the decision. When she announced the charges against Londrigan on Wednesday, second-degree murder, second-degree manslaughter, first-degree assault, there was no mention of a grand jury. However, the office's use of one was decried in court filings from Londrigan's attorney, Chris Medell. M-A-D-E-L. Madel or Madel? Forgive me, Chris. I hope I, I'm sorry I mispronounced it. Medell wrote in the filings that Moriarty abused the grand jury process as a substitute for discovery or fact-finding, and the case could be dismissed or her office should be disqualified from handling it. He argues the filing that Moriarty decided to end run the grand jury in order to manufacture charges. But what Moriarty did mirrors exactly what Freeman relied on in 2018 when handling the fatal shooting of Justine DeMond by Minneapolis police officer Mohammed Noor. He convened a grand jury, but juries didn't indict the officer. Freeman made the charging decision like Moriarty did with Londrigan. David Schultz, a political science professor at Hamlin, said the law doesn't preclude Moriarty from using a grand jury this way. Prominent Twin Cities defense attorney Joe Tamburno, Tamburino, uh, Tamburino, you know, uh, forgive me, Joe. He echoed Schultz saying Moriarty's use of the grand jury is a non-issue. So this... People that kind of are hoping that, oh, well, you know, they'll get this thrown out because she misused it. Well, no, they can use this. This is something that's kind of established, per se. Um, so, yeah, that's, it's, it, you, know, it, it, you know, some people might be upset about that, and that's the case. But the reality is, is uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I'll back up. I think the grand jury backs up what I've said on this. The way the law is written it's going to be very hard, I think, to get a conviction of Londrigan because I was scared is a viable excuse. And in the cases of Derek Chauvin or Kim Potter, I mean, Kim Potter was, it was very difficult for her to be able to say I was scared when the mistake she said she made was she grabbed her fire service pistol as opposed to a taser and shot him. And so it's, you, you know, you're, you, that was more of a, a procedural mistake. That's why you got into trouble. Derek Chauvin, I mean, come on. He murdered him right in the middle of the street. He murdered the man in the middle of the street. So for all the conservatives out there, because once again, I want to make sure I point out something. You guys all are up in arms about how dare you violate the police there without recourse. Now, once again, I the, the DOJ report is on the Minneapolis Police Department. Londrigan is a state patrol agent. 
But I do want to make sure we understand exactly. Let me read a few of these nuggets. I Once again, this is a post I made in June of last year on Progressive Citizen X blog where I posted a lot of the excerpts from this report. And you, yeah, in 2014, a Minneapolis police officer responded to a report of a man had committed a retail theft. The OPCR investigator noted that the store surveillance video showed the officer punching the man multiple times in the face with a closed fist while the man was handcuffed behind his back. The force review supervisor completed the force review without even viewing the surveillance footage that would reveal the misconduct. The officer continued working, continued using unreasonable force. He had eight uses of force requiring a supervisory force review from March of 30, March 31 of 2016 to March 30th of 2016. He had eight in two months. In one of those incidences, the officer kicked the man in the face while the man was already on his hands and knees. The man suffered a traumatic brain injury and dis, uh, displaced nasal bones. The police department settlement the man for $150,000. The officer was convicted of assault. The internal review of the officer's force showed that from February 2012 to June 2016, he had 68 force incidents. This is one cop. This is one cop. Unbelievable. This retaliation frequently manifested in force. For example, in June of 2021, uh, protest of a police shooting and a Minneapolis police officer pushed a protester so hard that she fell backward, hit the pavement, and lay unconscious for three minutes. Three other officers had told the uh, protester to move back, and she did. She was walking backwards when one of them pushed her to the shoulder where they responded, don't blanking push me, blank. The officer pushed her again, this time so hard, and knocked her to the pavement. The woman needed 12 staples in her head, spent two days in the hospital, and suffered a traumatic brain injury. That protester was not only the one shoved that day, the same protest, another Minneapolis Police Department ran up behind a protester who was walking away, shoved him forcefully in the back. Another officer shoved a man who was standing on the sidewalk recording the police. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's a mess we have to clean up, man. But don't, th- don't think that there's, there's no absolutes on this. There are no absolutes on this, and that's the tough part. But that's just the truth. There are just no absolutes on this. God, and again, they've got the racist Christmas tree. God, the whole thing. That DOJ report, you got it. You got to read that. And I know that that's something that the Republican Party and all the Republican police apologists will never read because, God forbid, their narrative ever gets distorted. 952-946-6205, 952-946-6205. We'll take a break. Come on back. It's the Matt McNeil Show on your Friday. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, the Matt McNeil Show. 952 946 6205. 952 946 6205. Yeah, I got to get into some. This, is, this has been a heavy week. But hey, everyone, $83.3 That's what Donald Trump has to pay E. Jean Carroll. $83.3 million. Like I said, there ain't going to be a safe ketchup bottle anywhere in the New York Metroplex area. So just keep that in mind. Uh, that's your good news to go into the weekend. 
Uh, Native Roots Radio. I'm awake. Robert Pilot and crew. That's coming up next. You have a good one. We will be, hopefully, you can get out and enjoy some of this stuff this weekend as we usually do here in winter. Uh, hope you do get it out and enjoy it a little bit. We are back on a Monday taking us out this week. It is Hipsway the Honey Thief. Have a good one until Monday. See ya. Come on, come on, and pass through the heat. Catch a thief, a honey thief. I'm a thief, a honey thief. Okay. Oh, yeah. The light of deep red. Let me see what I don't get. The light of deep red. Let me see what I See what I